So before we started recording, Hakeem asked me if I actually enjoy weddings because uh, brother JT is going uh, on a wedding right after the recording of this podcast. He's going to tell us more about that. But I fucking love weddings. I don't know how weddings are in your part of the world. And I've been to my fair share of very shitty wedding experiences. (laughs) And no, not when I was a little kid because there's this meme that goes around, which I really like, which is like uh, a video of uh, a child from the West and uh, there's a storm brewing outside and the kid can't fall asleep and it goes up, uh, goes to his or her uh, parents' bedroom, snuggles up to their parents and says, mommy, mommy, I can't sleep because there's a storm outside. And then there's a picture of a fucking Balkan kid at a wedding at 4 Mm a.m. falling asleep even though everybody (laughs) around him is dancing like the fucking trumpets are playing, fucking drums are hitting, and they can sleep as tiny little babies. You know, you just your dad pokes his uh, his uh, pinky finger in a glass of rakia, just touches your lips a bit, and you pass the fuck out. You know. <laughs> now you know the thing is with with weddings. I don't know. Um, they can be fun, but I don't like when they're like multi day ordeals. You know, and they oh, they have activities and shit. I'm I'm, I'm not yeah. about that personally. I just want to go. I want to have the food, and then I want to leave. <laughs> I couldn't care less about the two people getting married. (laughs) I guess we're modernists in that way because I genuinely, I want the wedding to be about the music and about the food and whoever drinks about the drink and about the dance. And then it lasts as long as it lasts, like the actual party, and we just finish it. But when it's, as you said, multiple days or even in one day where you have to do these 5,000 fucking traditions, uh, all respect to the traditions, <laughs> but it, it feels like a waste of time. I don't know. My neocon brain doesn't doesn't activate when a guy has to cut a pie in half and then throw it at another guy. And depending on how it falls, uh, you're either going to have a girl or a boy or some stupid shit like that. You know, it's it's, it's just ah. It's 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 all fun for the boomers. That's that's what's important. <laughs> I've never been to a, a multi day wedding thing. That's is that a thing for both of you oh, guys? You're missing out. Oh yeah! Oh yes! Oh yes. man! Wow, dude, it's like this. Um, you show up, right? Uh, you say you you greet every single person in the wedding, which is like eight hundred people that you have to get around to greeting, and somehow you know all of them, or at least you know of them if you don't know <laughs> them directly. Um, so you shake hands, you do the like the cheek kissing thing, and when when it's like hundreds of people, yeah, this takes like half a day. Um, and then you stay and you mingle and you talk about fucking nothing basically. And then it comes to you know the first meal, and then you have several like stages of meals, um, and then the actual wedding that takes place or the wedding and like the gathering of people, uh, and then you go and you shoot guns. Hell yeah, classic. <laughs> That's another <laughs> thing. <laughs> you go and you shoot the guns. Then there's the dancing and the singing, and you know you have the like super reserved like old grandpa that starts busting out they, they get fucking down they <laughs> these moves that you've never seen before it's like how are your joints so nimble you're like 80 years old and that's ignoring the grandmas oh my god when the grandmas fucking get down <laughs> when they're like uh, in my part of the world when they grab the little handkerchief when when they're at the end of the row of fucking dancers and they go like bah, bah, bah. it's 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 the yeah it's absolutely beautiful <laughs> you, you just say oh my god that's gonna be me one day and uh, i don't mind it wow Jeez. Yeah, our weddings here are like, at least the ones I've been to are, are you know, I don't know, maybe five hours, something like that. Like you show up, you, oh, you no. say hi, then there's a ceremony which Amateurs. lasts maybe <laughs> 20 minutes, and then there's a reception, and then, then everyone leaves. 
very short. If you don't have like an entire platoon of women ululating, then you don't. For <laughs> those who don't know what ululating is, it's the la, 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 that I can't do it. But every woman, every Arab woman is born knowing how to do it. I don't fucking know. <laughs> but yeah, if if that doesn't go on for like thirty minutes, <laughs> then you, is it really a wedding? It's a cheap ass <laughs> wedding. Everybody in the neighborhood is gonna be talking shit about it for at least two weeks. Not like most weddings over here have become one day weddings at this point. Uh, because uh, like everything in this podcast, capitalism, nobody can afford to do a two-day wedding. but uh, Or even a three. Oh, my God. You have to be like bourgeoisie next fucking level. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, but five hours, come on. I mean, if it starts, what, at 4 p.m., it has to last at least till 2, 3 a.m., right? Wow. If you're not chronically sleep-deprived after <laughs> after one of these, <laughs> then... By the way, Hakeem, my love, my love, my love. You just said, Wow. To, to like it lasting at least yeah. ten hours, <laughs> ten hours. Yeah, that's, a, <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah, that's excessive. Yeah. Like the one I'm, the one we're going to tonight. I mean, this we're expecting this to be kind of a longer one. Uh, we, the guests get there at like five. We're gonna get there a little early to to prep. Um, but the guests will get there around five, and then there will be the ceremony, which will last like I don't know, maybe fifteen twenty minutes. Uh, then cocktails and food and dancing, and probably wrap up by like maybe eleven at the latest. I don't know. But do you go to an after party after that? Like the closer friends or the more well, crazy we're, people? Well, we're going to be out in the middle of nowhere, so probably not. Maybe in the hotel rooms? There's no hotel. <laughs> we're at a, we're like at a barn. <laughs> okay, so wherever you, you guys are sleeping. Like, where are you going to be sleeping? <laughs> so where are you going to be sleeping there? I don't think anyone's going to be sleeping there, honestly. I think so, everyone's leaving. But how do you drink? Because you got to drive. <laughs> Well, you just, you know, you, you drink responsibly. <laughs> oh, my God. And drive? You cannot drink responsibly no, no. and drive? Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. You're getting a, a, a talk down by fucking Yugopnik about drinking. No, what? what? How are you supposed to? Uh, or, or is it just a sexism thing? Like, all the guys drink and the women don't, because that's what happens in my part of the world. Oh, well. just... No, no, everyone's everyone's going to be drinking. And then, yeah. I mean, okay. Hmm. Uh, then, yeah, I mean, uh, less uh, less cool shootings because more uh, uh, more uh, young adults are gonna die. Less kids, less kids in schools, less school shootings. That is how the the electrical materialism works. Uh, but but nah, uh, it's, it's not a deep program episode without a school shooting joke. <laughs> Hey, uh, look, I'll, I'll cast all this judgment, but uh, between you and I, I, I kind of, I like the, the shorter ends a little bit more at this point in my life because I don't, I'm not gonna take like three days off work for this. Yeah, shit. yeah, but I'm like, sorry, sh- but the I, shorter like, end for yeah. you and me is like twelve hours instead of seventy-two. <laughs> yeah, that is not yeah, five. That's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> <laughs> you have a point. <laughs> you make a salient point, my friend. Uh, me and Hakim are not married, if anyone doesn't know. So uh, we will definitely bring JT to an intense experience. Experience if uh, yeah, if we don't get into a uh, massive suicidal fight by then, or if a much bigger <laughs> chance uh, neither me or Hakim ever get married, so because no woman no woman would ever love us because we are literally very cringe. But any yes, human yeah. would be lucky to have you both. We're podcasters. It's not possible. Yeah. <laughs> no, anyone would get the ick the second she hears she hears you're a podcast. Ah, man, we're like the, the, the peak of uh, male human performance in, in capitalism. Podcasts exactly right. are literally the yes. only guy mm. who doesn't want to blow his brains out every morning. 
because we want to blow our brains off uh, out every morning and mm. evening. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly right. The only thing we need is NFT investments. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just to be the full package. Oh, um, speaking of NFT investments, we have launched 12 of our uh, individual NFTs each. <laughs> so that is 36 <laughs> NFTs. And for only the price of the entry point of $5 a month over on our Patreon account, linked below in the description of whatever platform you're listening to, you will get every single NFT. Oh, I'm so confused, but isn't an NFT supposed to be only given to one person instead of to everyone else? Well, no, we have invented the new NFT that gets given to everybody who becomes a patron, and it's called a JPEG. So check out the link below and subscribe to our Patreon because it literally allows our channel to run and to support our different individual addictions. Alcoholism, alcoholism, and burex. <laughs> yes, exactly right. Fuck, have you been the the cheese burek? I'm fuck. I am. I am an addict. Do you know what? I, uh, sorry, side note. Uh, I had for my my iftar. For those unaware, iftar is uh, during Ramadan, during month of fasting. After the sun sets, we break our fast, and the meal is called iftar. I had myself a dirty fucking shawarma with fries and shit. It was not the good. It was not the option to go for. But I I, I was coming late from work. I had nothing else. Oh my god, it was so fucking good with like, uh, oh my god, with tahina and every. Oh yum. Mm. But yes, uh, NFT and sex jokes aside, welcome to yet another episode of the the program. Thank you for joining us yet again. Today we're going to be talking about something that's at the same time relatively broad and yet uh, something that very specifically impacts our everyday experience in this uh, good old system that we like to call capitalism, which is what we amply titled the so-called spectacle. The spectacle in very short-term explanation, which we will dive into throughout the episode, is everything that you uh, choose to spend a certain amount of time out of your day, and depending on your alienation, more and more time out of your day on, which pushes you against doing something in the material world, which is actually going to better your material circumstances and your class position in life uh, as sort of both a mechanism of escaping reality, but also a mechanism which uh, allows you to, at the end of the day, very often survive without wanting to blow your brains out uh, at the end of the day. So we're going to go through multiple things that probably most of you have thought of, but then give our hot takes on, and some uh, some things uh, which fall under the umbrella of the spectacle, which you might not have thought of uh, originally. They will be cut uh, in between the so-called soft spectacle and hard spectacle, which influence uh, uh, both rhetoric and actions that we take in regular life more intensively or less intensively. But before we even get into that uh, in general, uh, we need to understand what is the spectacle pushing us uh, against uh, realizing. What is the spectacle not allowing us to see as... uh, genuine, true, unadulterated material reality, right? Uh, and the first thing that is it is pushing us against on a daily basis is something that we mention on almost every possible episode because we really want to impale it into your beautiful little butts, and that is class consciousness. 
So one of you two guys, if you want to, tell our beautiful listeners what is class consciousness really, but don't bombard us with hardcore, you know, uh, theory. What is it on like a human level? So on the theoretical level, it's the stuff you already know. There are two major class groupings in society, proletariat and bourgeoisie. And within these classes, they have uh, their own consciousness. They know what their interests are and where they lie. Um, and as a result, they are organized to certain extents. The bourgeoisie under modern capitalism is far more organized than the proletariat is because they know what their interests are and they continuously act according to those interests. Um, meanwhile, the proletariat is more affected, the regular working class is more affected by these spectacles that we see on a day-to-day day basis, be, be they soft or hard spectacles, we'll get into that in a second. Um, the general idea is when you are class conscious, that means you as a working class person realize where your interests lie, and it's not with the Jeff Bezoses and, and uh, Elon Musk's of the world, it's with Greg down the street, or Jose, or whoever else, if that's kind of play on words, I mean immigrant labor, or just the white guy down the street who's, you know, uh, or either, uh, or everything in between that as well. Um, the point is on a fundamental level you're distracted by these as we mentioned spectacles um by uh, trying the, the the general attempt is for you to not pay attention to the main contradiction that exists within society within your life right so instead of focusing on that which will actually impact your, uh, your social reality um realizing that class conscious uh, realizing the class difference and where your class interests lay and being class conscious instead you're directed uh by things that are meant to well distract you um be they again soft or hard so uh, just a general de- delineation uh, that Yugopnik made very uh, that Yugopnik made very nicely soft is more uh, things are i guess uh more distraction in a let's say not so serious way, uh, while hard spectacles are those that you know you see reflected in the general political milieu uh, that you you live in. Milieu, milieu, environment. Yeah, milieu, you know what yeah. the fuck I'm trying to it's say. French. It doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, French is a waste of time. <laughs> Concepts that directly hit as a counter argument to class consciousness. Well, soft spectacle. Yeah, uh, you can have class consciousness and. Uh, partake in soft spectacle, but hard is at the direct uh, opposition of it because it explains the problems you have in life as not coming from class conflict, but coming from the spectacle that it's trying to sell you. Exactly right. Um, I think uh, we have a, a list of a couple of them. These are by no means exhaustive, and they're not in any particular order, but we can start with the first one that we ended up writing up, which is celebrity worship, which is something that you see extensively. By the way, celebrity worship is two-sided. Of course, you have, you know, like actresses or actors and, and musicians, stuff like that. But on the other side, you also have um, the uh, business celebrity types. I'm talking about, again, Musks and Beezes of the world and whichever class cucks like to, I don't know, look up to that garbage. Um, so, you go, Nick, do you want to... Yeah, sure. So, 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 so it's a big thing, right? It's uh, a lot of people tend to sit down in front of their computer and consume a certain amount of minutes or hours on uh, on reading through the biography of someone or reacting to whatever happened at the Oscars or at the Grammys, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and feel like you know this is just me uh, partaking in the world as it is, and I am not as brainwashed as the person next to me, which is. 
true, but just like smoking cigarettes or doing fucking cocaine, it, it starts at one point, and then the more fucked up your life is in other aspects, the more you escape to this consumption of celebrity culture as a way of not concentrating on your own life and instead uh, consuming the life of others, which we have deemed as more worthy in the spectacle than uh, the lives that uh, you know we are living in like as Sorry to repeat myself, but in the in the material world. So you see, you know, one dude get up to another dude who just told a joke about his uh, wife who has a problem with losing hair and slaps him in the middle of the ceremony. So there you got to ask yourself, okay, why do I care about this specific action? And then you tell yourself, oh, I care because this is uh, popularizing violence. And But then you should ask yourself, okay, w- violence is happening all over the place Every single day, I can hear my neighbor upstairs beating the shit out of his wife all the fucking time, and I don't react, (laughs) and I don't react, yet I am reacting so intensively now. Why are you reacting so intensively to that slap in that specific moment? Because you have already bought into the spectacle of what are the Oscars. You have bought into the idea that a bunch of people in suits sitting down and giving each other awards about what is supposedly defined as the best film experiences of the year, even though we know that uh, 95% of the time they uh, lose out on the genuine best cinematic experiences of the year, but whatever. You have bought into the spectacle of the Oscars and somebody came and corrupted your idea of the spectacle of the Oscars through an act of physical violence on screen, and yet you react even though just to organize that, just to put the food on the table and create the wine that they're drinking on those tables while watching the Oscars, there had to be labor value uh, labor violence inflicted on hundreds or if not thousands of people by underpaying them as fuck in order to make that event happen but you obviously ignore that and then because you're so involved in the spectacle of the Oscars and, and that slap as well you end up discussing with other people and even not only discussing but sort of like volunteering and putting in so much both physical emotional effort and time in combating this uh, corruption of uh, the spectacle that you respect so much uh, that you manage to actually change people's minds and sometimes even push them towards your uh, kind of side of the argument about something which genuinely at the end of the day does not materially matter instead of spending all of that time and all of that effort of quote-unquote activism pushing things that actually do have an impact of the world so very simply said uh, celebrity worship is uh, thinking that what celebrities do uh, impacts your material situation in the world and that therefore you must choose a side in the conflicts which exist among celebrities in order to actually have impactful change, which is one of the most silly ways to look at the world that to, to such an extent that it's fucking ridiculous if you still think so and you're uh, over 15, in my modest opinion. There might be some people who, who hear this and be like, okay, so what? That's, you know, that doesn't... It's harmless, right? You watch celebrities, it's fun. But I think that soft spectacle is a little bit more insidious than a lot of people tend to think because say uh 
like let's take the United States and the Royals, for example. Uh, say I go to the grocery store after work, and I, I'm getting my food for you know the week if, if I planned ahead and stuff like that. I'm, I'm spending my what little free time I have to go and do this necessary thing. And I get to the checkout line, and there are a half a dozen different magazines covering what X royal said to the other royal, or, or what Oprah talked about with some you know disgraced member of the royal family. I don't know any of their names, so but you guys probably know <laughs> what I'm talking about. So you're not missing out on anything. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't get it. I do not understand. But people love it. They'll pick up that magazine and they'll take it home and they'll spend the rest of their free time consuming this charade, this this theater about you know the stuff that doesn't affect you in any way. There. I think a lot of people want to kind of live vicariously through that. It's kind of the Downton Abbey effect. It's like, oh, yeah, I could, you know, I can Mm. see myself in this scenario. But all of these things, if they're not entirely manufactured, none of it matters at all. I mean, these people have the arguments that they have, the the social uh, issues that they're dealing with have nothing to do with your life. They don't, they're not the leaders of these social movements that it's made to seem in these magazines or on TV it's it's so detached from reality and yet people consume that and that becomes their reality when you see a celebrity um taking up whatever current cultural battle and singing a song about it or or saying man i wish that you had been my son i would have taken care of you xyz instead of addressing the reality of what's going on in the world you can kind of offload these problems onto these godlike figures and then let them sort it out. Just kind of consume the mm. problems passively through an alternate reality of, of humanity where you're so entirely detached from the problem. You become them. So they, yeah. Meghan Markle goes to Oprah and says, look at all these racist monarchs in, in, into which I married into. And everybody supports her and everybody <laughs> says, yo, you go girl, you fucking won. And, but because you, you joined on the Meghan Markle train in the beginning, you feel like Meghan Markle. You feel like you were a part of that victory. And that satisfies that part of your innate spirit, innate uh, rebelliousness, which you could have focused on something else. So you don't focus it on something else. You you won with Meghan. You did your part for society. Same with people that just vote, you know. Oh, I voted once every four yeah. years. I did mm-hmm. my fucking thing. I'm ready to vote right fucking now. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> oh, I hate that so much. <laughs> you think liberals are complacent? <laughs> I'm ready to shake <laughs> Megan's hand hole. right now. Just dig a hole and throw them all in. It's fucking hell. Um, <laughs> but yeah. then you have this, this guy. Oh, fucking love you. <laughs> Which is but no yeah, spectacle, like zero impo- spectacle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. A very important point about this is, again, uh, the distractive aspect of this. All these are meant to be distractions to you. Um, I'm not gonna be inc- uh, entirely um oh, what's the word in english um cyni- cynical i think mm, is the yeah. word sorry uh um i'm not gonna be entirely cynical and say oh this is a directed effort to distract you from the realities no. oh dystopian 1962 no. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that much it's not to that level no but at some level they know that these distractions sell not only do they sell but they take away from very real issues that so not only social economic political issues that you and i face on a day-to-day basis 
right? In the United States, for example, an entire nation was taken up by the stupid fucking Will Smith smacking uh. Chris, what's his name, uh, thing, which that that overtook coverage of what's going on in Ukraine, that took over coverage of what was going on in Syria, that took coverage of what was going on in Yemen, that took coverage over the very system uh, systematic issues of, within the United States, which include, for example, the rising inflation rate, which has uh, severely restricted uh, American purchasing power, individual families' uh, ability to purchase basic goods. Um, this is a very important point to, to, to always keep in mind. Uh, the distraction is the main effect here. Um, although what uh, both uh, Yugopnik and JT said were very, very true, uh, especially on the point of living vicariously through celebrities or royals or whatever else. Um, this weird fairy tale idea that, oh, you wake up one day, as a pe- you're a peasant, you wake up one day, and oh, but you're actually a princess the whole time. Oh, that bullshit, right? It's the same modern thing. And this ties into the concept of, for example, the uh, uh, bootstrap propaganda which is a form of hard spectacle which we'll get into in a minute um but how about some other soft spectacles uh, hit us you got make um one of my favorites of all time which for example i am a massive victim of is uh we had a whole episode where we talked about brain drain but i like to call this one and i'm very proud of it <laughs> brand brain uh where uh, for some reason you reach a point uh, where you have gathered a certain amount of money and you're at a certain age and you see your fellow friends, which you at that point start to look at as competition. Uh, and when you sit down, everybody had that and a nice dinner, uh, be it couples or without couples, and you're eating and they say, yo, what's up? How's life? What's going on? And then one of the people at the table says, ah, oh, I got a promotion. And then... Another one says, oh, I'm getting married. And then, ah, another one says, I'm buying an apartment. And some are 29, some are 26, some are 32, some are 22, some are 41. Doesn't fucking matter. But the second everybody says it on the table, everybody starts measuring against each other. So this is obviously the, the, the avoidance of actual class analysis and uh, having the working class start competing amongst itself. But in my opinion, the reason I call it the brand drain is because all of us together are getting ripped off on a major scale by all of our employers, bosses, uh, governments, et cetera, et cetera. And instead of concentrating on that, we concentrate on how less or more we are getting ripped off versus how much he's getting ripped off. So we all know we're getting ripped off, but instead of concentrating on the getting ripped off, I'm like, oh, motherfucking JT's getting less ripped off because he's making 2K more than me. Oh, motherfucking Hakeem, I'm better than him because he's getting ripped off by 1K more than me. And this, this, uh, this competition on who can hoard more of what is considered uh, a social status of wealth and success. And this isn't just a Gucci bag, which I fucking like. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm brainwashed. <laughs> I'm, I am. I am. But, it, 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 but it's also like the bigger things. Like genuinely, it doesn't even have to be a monetary thing. Like, oh, you did this thing uh, in what is considered uh, social and family steps that you need to take in order to create uh, the ultimate uh, thing that everybody is looking forward to which is the pink fence with the orange lawn in front of your red house or whatever. 
fucking thing. We made fun of it last time. So I'm uh, the white fence, picket fence, whatever. What the fuck is the picket fence? Even does it have a picket? Oh, well, I'm sorry. But uh, who picks it? Like, why is it picketed? <laughs> Ignore it. But uh, but you start you start. Um, I mean, I explained it at this point. Uh, you no longer look at it from uh, from who's fucking you or who's not fucking you. You're just trying to get less fucked than the guy next to you, uh, yeah. which ignores that all of you could unite and no longer get fucked. But uh, God forbid that because you got to be better than Jimmy who bought a Ford Escort 2022 and you're still <laughs> driving a Ford Escort 2015, which even you being even driving a Ford Escort 2015, you're kind of okay off. So call, maybe – okay, sorry. I, I'm going to go into Ford discussion now, <laughs> which is an objectively there, bad car. Just buy a, an Audi, you dumb fuck. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, yeah. <laughs> Okay, I was gonna say there's a Zizek joke related to this where he says uh, um, about Macedonians, I think it was, and he's like, "Oh yeah, so a genie comes to a Macedonian, and he's like, um, uh, ask for wish for whatever you want, and I'll grant it to you, but be aware that whatever you wish, I'll give twice as much to your neighbor." And the Macedonian thinks for a second and says, "Okay, take one of my eyes." <laughs> <laughs> the vindictiveness of Macedonians, apparently. I don't. Is this a? I don't know. No, it is. Um, it's, yeah. it's a thing. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I love it about Balkan people oh, in general. Oh, not just Actually, the Macedonians are like the kindest little creatures. And there's probably like I don't know, fifty or a hundred Macedonians listening to this podcast. You guys are genuinely like the most nice people on the Balkans. And now there's a Bulgarian and a Greek listening to this, and they're like, "Oh motherfucker, Kalimera, Kalispera, fuck you," because they don't like. Each- okay, now now I started another Balkan war. Thank you very much. Okay, enough, enough. We don't we don't need another civil war. The last time it was a guy putting a beer bottle up his ass. This time it's Yugopnik. <laughs> Depends on what it's based on. If it's based on a little thing known as class, then oh, you know, I can't say mm. that I'm oh, for oh. it because I'll go to jail. Ooh. But you, you Ooh, know, oh, yeah. what's this? Yeah, okay. Ooh, oh. <laughs> so you guys give your opinions on the it, it, internal class competition and being mm-hmm. a dick and everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's the type of thing where. It's so ingrained that, like, even if you're aware of it, you a lot of times you'll find yourself just automatically talking about something that you achieved. If if your buddy's like, "Yeah, oh, I uh, I put in a pool in my backyard," you're like, "Oh, wow, that's great! Yeah, my wife and I uh, did that a few years ago. It was a great process. Yeah, if you have any questions, you know, let us know." And you know, it's I think deep down you think you're doing something nice, but it is like it's this ingrained need to always be competing with you know with your coworkers mm-hmm. with the average person on the street even with your friends you have to constantly ensure yourself that you're doing better than they are and that's it's such a, a toxic way to live i think a good point to note also is that th- there's a, a subtle distinction that we have in our discussion right now which is there's nothing there's no issue with for example enjoying the so-called finer things in life right right yeah but the issue that we're discussing here specifically is the uh, attempts at you know uh, hoarding or accumulating all these things not because you enjoy them but just to sh- say aha i'm better than my my guy here my my neighbor my my co-worker my relative etc etc the idea that you need to socially sh- show off um for no other end than to maintain a certain image of a social stature even though usually that image is uh, built on a house of cards because for example in the united states is usually built on credit these people are in heavy debt um it's yeah and uh, this goes from vast majority of uh, particularly the western world nowadays but even the rest of the world overall you can't buy an apartment or a home without well a mortgage and with uh, interest rates on it and credit 
credit and all that kind of nonsense. Most of the time, you can't even buy a car. A lot of people live their day to day and uh, month to month based on um, debt. So the and general yet they make their lives look is, like they're living like the yeah. high life. But right. it's all exactly right. fucking yeah. loans. And then you compare yourself to the guy on a loan and then you get a loan and then now you're in a loan, but he's mm. getting into deeper loans because yeah. now you're competing with them yeah. with your loan. And it, it's, it's No, you're completely right. It's a race to the bottom that at the end, again, to reiterate this point, is nothing but a real distraction from those things that actually affect your material realities, um, your class interests and what you recognize with your uh, the rest of those of your class uh, and their political interests or goals. Um, so yeah, uh, again, this is just a, another distraction. But the the there is a subtlety to the argument, of course. Don't assume that we're saying, oh no, everybody should be equal and wear fucking gray clothes <laughs> and have the barcode on the back of their fucking neck yeah. and eat slop, <laughs> eat boiled cabbage and eat fucking... the crickets. To explain it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. to explain it in white BMWs because it is the greatest currency on the planet. If you want white BMW because you are. Uh, cheesy motherfucker like me that is good but if you want white BMW because it will make you better than a neighbor who has white uh, Peugeot that is bad understood that is brand brain wanting thing yep we explained I'm not gonna fucking do it Uh, I believe in the intelligence of our listeners Uh, which takes us to our next one which uh, kind of uh, moves between uh, spectacle as you're seeing other people participate in it and a direct impact of uh, the capitalist mode of production on your everyday life and, in my opinion, one of the most sanctitonians, sanctitonious, sanctitonians, sanctitonious, sanctimonious, you yes, one of the most sanctimonious (laughs) things uh, in uh, human existence, which we have amply titled Relationship Monetization. Uh, which uh, has completely overtaken the idea of looking for a partner for the sake of uh, romantic belonging, the feeling of being genuinely understood, uh, of compatibility, of understanding what one needs and delivering to them uh, as a sort of beam of support. And instead... Is kind of returning to something that has for a much longer period of time existed as the definition of relationships, uh, especially since before the 50s and 60s, so-called relationship monetization, in which the spectacle of being well off by finding a partner which is going to make us better well off in... Uh, the local hierarchy, becoming kind of the ultimate chase in which everyone is participating. It's no longer just because we've understood at this point, I think all of us, especially our generation, our generations uh, like uh, JT the Boomer, uh, Hakim, uh, <laughs> while are you born in 2003, 2003 and me, uh, oh. a ghost from the Civil War in the United States, obviously <laughs> fighting on the side of the Confederacy, the original communist <laughs> experiment. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I love this. Jokes aside, um, at this point, we have understood that 
just doing your job uh, and doing the best that you can do at your job is not necessarily going to be enough to uh, put you as the crown jewel in uh, whatever local hierarchy that you're competing in. So uh, what we talked about in the previous episode, a lot of people start you know, hustling on the side, et cetera, et cetera. But a much easier approach uh, for some would be to just find a partner which is going to push them forwards uh, by already having established themselves further in in the in the hierarchy and that makes us kind of feel like we don't actually have to uh, change the way the whole fucking thing works as long as we find someone who's already managed to do relatively well in the mode of organization in which it exists in so why not just you know attach ourselves to them and it's all going to get better but as we all know that spectacle very very often unfortunately turns into a nightmare for a lot of uh, young uh, women men and envies mm. yeah exactly right it's a very important uh, discussion it also ties back a little bit to the previous point but the co- entire concept of um, seeking people for social uh, climbing not progression what's the social climbing climbing thank you yeah. that's the t- thank you yes exactly right um, I love how JT is. <laughs> do you know what JT is like? Is like the teacher who's watching you give a presentation, and then when you fuck up, he just interjects with exactly, the correction. Exactly, I love it. Exactly. <laughs> Glad to help. That's but my yeah. contribution. <laughs> Maybe it's more than that. Uh, but anyways, yeah. So um, it's exactly this point uh, to facilitate social cr- climbing rather than to love for love's sake, right? Uh, of of all people, by the way, Yogopni has an excellent video on this mm-hmm. concept, the the the, the uh, commodification of relationships. Um, but yeah, TLDR. Actually, to bring up a, a nice um, a nice little quote, a quote from the Prophet وسلم, was that um, the when people seek uh, a spouse. They look for four things, right? They look for uh, beauty, they look for wealth, they look for lineage and character. And he mentioned specifically that character is that which you should center on. Like, as for example, as a Muslim, as a believed Muslim, then that's the most important factor. All the other stuff, of course, have a play role, uh, have some importance. But uh, at the end of the day, if you were to truly love, then you would love for their character. Um, and this kind of carries on into... Not this doesn't carry very well into modern capitalist um, relationships because if you were to love for a character, then you're not gonna get you know you're not gonna meet somebody in your own social bracket. And you, oh, I remember uh, I saw this on a comment one day. It's like oh, people should date within their da- tax bracket, which <laughs> <laughs> there's something I don't know. There's something so funny about this concept. But uh, exactly right, um, the idea that oh, you need to be within your specific uh, bracket. You need to be of the same uh, particular uh, background uh, and. And uh, you should get either equal to you or better than you because then this will facilitate this rising in society. Um, and again, uh, this facilitates several other distractions, not really in this point from uh, uh, class consciousness, but more from uh, interpersonal relationships. And this will get into uh, once we enter into the heart spectacles. Um, actually, a little bit later. How about this? I can actually touch on it now. The current way that we go about uh interacting with one another and and relating with one another has been so thoroughly atomized because capitalism for uh, since it's uh, well uh rise to predominance has had an expressed uh, goal of trying to break up as many familial connections and relationships between people as it can not because it's insidious or evil but because individual households for example hypothetically let's assume that me JT and and you are brothers we are in one sense um and we lived under one home that means 
things, one grocery bill, one rent bill, if there is rent, one uh, utility bill, usually one car, stuff like that, right? But if we're all in individual uh, homes, then that means three uh, utility bills, three re uh, rents to pay, th uh, three cars, three grocery bills, etc., etc. Um, as a result, there's more profit to be extracted. Uh, not only this, but... Uh, the and this has been uh, extensively uh, proven through research um, that it's the psychological effects on people uh, are on the wholesale very fairly negative when it comes to this atomization of of, of individuals. Um, also, by the way, atomiz atomization of individuals means that rather than, for example, having a nuclear family where the uh, traditional patriarch is the breadwinner, while everybody else in the family just kind of contributes um, in their own way, but otherwise doesn't actually have to go and slave away in the mines, uh, this changes to the fact where the father has to work, and the mother has to work, and the second the child reaches some decent age of labor, they start a part-time job on their 14, and then they start working a semi-full-time job on their 16, and then all throughout university they work a, a job until they uh, graduate, etc., etc., and now we're entering also into this side discussion of, oh, everybody should have a side hustle, um, so now that's why your mom is uh, slinging Herbalife and your dad is trying to, uh, <laughs> trying to sell some shit coins to you, I don't know what he's doing. Yeah, say, but... <laughs> instead, of, instead of liberating your mom from your dad as her bourgeoisie, she just replaced the dad as the bourgeoisie with an actual yeah. bourgeoisie it's it's so fucking crazy exactly right. the capitalist feminism yeah, bro exactly right. fucking brilliant man yeah liberal liberal feminism which is sold mostly by men hilariously yeah of course um, anyways of course uh, this is but that's a conversation that we'll enter into on another episode of course with a relevant guest um but anyways uh the point that i'm trying to make is in this kind of ties into medication in the same way that, uh, by the way, there's a lot of nuance in this conversation that I uh, intentionally am not covering because it will, like, extend the episode needlessly. Uh, the we, concept we just of the nuclear family was always... JT, the, the, the yeah. part where he talks to an invisible person. Exactly. I hear it in the back of my head. I was like, okay, the, the nuclear family, of course, for example, for the vast majority of African-American uh, yeah, in the okay, States, there was no yeah, concept of well. nuclear family. <laughs> Okay, coffee. Let me just fucking finish my point. Yeah, <laughs> right? the, uh, the, because they they had to all go to work themselves, both the father and the mother, and usually the kids as well. Uh, poor working class families also had to go to work. So there's nuance, okay? But please, like, understand that I'm trying to give a surface level analysis. Anyways, who's that nuance guy? <laughs> Where is he? I never met him. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. Anyways. So, um, this ties into the medication point in that something very interesting, mind you, uh, the countries that you look up that say, oh, they have the highest rates of happiness. We have objectively measured happiness by, I don't know, feeling penile luminescence or God knows what, <laughs> um, <laughs> is uh, so like the, the social democratic uh, paradises, right? Uh, Sweden, Norway, Finland, Denmark, etc. Interestingly, the countries with the highest rates of, of uh, antidepressant use are also those same social democratic countries. Those social democratic countries are affected by almost everything that modern-day capitalism uh, causes, but with the sharp edges somewhat blunted. So they have incredibly atomized uh, interpersonal relationships, uh, and nuclear family structures are more or less degenerated. Um, the attitude towards uh, life isn't that, you know, work is a means to just by, uh, basically maintain a certain living standard, but you work 
because you have to work, right? You get up in the morning at seven in the morning, you go to work, you come home at five and six, you have a meal, and then you go to bed only to repeat the same thing. And the weekend, you try to recoup your broken body from the labor that you had to do only to repeat this until you reach 60 or 65 or 70 or whatever next age they're going to try to increase it to um, before you retire into a decrepit state uh, and die a, a, a meaningless uh, life. Uh, <laughs> sorry for <laughs> for the um, <laughs> the the bummer on that, but that's the general pr- uh, way that life happens in these uh, late stage capitalist societies, and the way that they try to get around this right isn't by actually going at the material conditions uh, and solving them. It's by well medicating. It's for example, oh society is intrinsically broken, and you can't relate to your fellow man, and you're heavily overworked. You must have a severe disbalance in your neurochemical <laughs> pathways. Here, take this fucking tic tac, and then this this should. You're this Anxious all the time because your boss is fucking (laughs) harassing you and giving you like work that needs to be done in 18 hours just for eight hours and you feel anxious all the time. You can't go to bed and you're fucking getting shakes and you're sweating and you're being passive aggressive towards everybody. (laughs) Oh, let's solve that by giving you 20 fucking pills, bruv. You don't need an SSRI. You're alienated. That's the reason that you have these issues. Of course, that's not to say that they're, you know, anxiety disorders and depression. These aren't real things. Of Of course, course. they're real things. But there is a general... Uh, overdiagnosis when the usually the cause of these things is something underlying in your uh, social existence. But sorry, we're gonna uh, get shit for this, always, but I gotta say, yeah. but nobody wants to address the causes. Like you're a doctor, yeah, tell that's me, true. right, JT? Like I, no, nobody wants to address the causes. They just want to medicate exactly. the fucking problem. Yeah. All the fucking time. Because medicating, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. Think about it like this. You know how you have um, industrial farming and you have these animals that, uh, uh, for example, chickens or whatever else, and they are not allowed to move. Uh, they are medicated with uh, antibiotics so they don't get infections, so that they can increase yield to increase profits, etc., etc. Um, this is kind of the same thing that's ha- be, uh, happening to you. Uh, you are medicated um to quell those uh, feelings of not only inadequacy or anxiety or, or depression or alienation that you have because of your workplace, because of the society you're in, because of the way that things are set up. You don't have a political say or nor an economic say. You live paycheck to paycheck um, and uh, you feel uh, limited and, and not listened to at work um, amongst a million other issues. Uh, and rather than treating those things, which by, would be the socialist way of treating this stuff, the capitalists would rather just kind of throw chemicals at you until you uh, are what's the word Mas'hur. Uh, how do you say this um, you're deluded that's the way you're deluded into thinking that yes everything is fine because I have uh, my I don't know mm-hmm. uh, amitriptyline or something right uh, so that's the point and again that's not to say that of course depression anxiety disorder etc aren't real things of course they're real things but uh, material conditions also play a role we can't uh, uh, always go the other side of saying oh it's a neurochemical imbalance so that, that was just my point. Right. Like, it's the same, more or less, as, you know, someone who self-medicates with alcohol or something like that. You know, you're not addressing the yeah. root cause of why you're an alcoholic. I mean, it, sure, you know, I'll be the, the liberal voice now. Like, oh, but, you know, it could be genetics. It could You could be predisposed to alcoholism, whatever, whatever. But, you know, if I'm having six drinks a night after work because work sucks— I'm not addressing the problem. I'm just, you know, slapping a Band-Aid over this gaping wound. So, you know, it, the same can go for medication, except exactly. medication is a li- is seen as a little bit more acceptable because it's prescribed. Exactly right. Absolutely. Yeah. And then if you don't do it through medication, and if you obviously, because you cannot uh, do it by addressing your material conditions, uh, you uh, 
create a fictional image of yourself, which goes into the kind of next point, on social media. So if people don't see you enough on a daily basis or a weekly basis, if you do not interact with everyone all the time and you have, for example, moved to a larger city and the only connection you have to all those people that have bullied you back in high school in Ottawa, small townville, uh, <laughs> being your Instagram account, Wisconsin. and make sure <laughs> that every single post, every single story, every single interaction that can create an image of your life running exceptionally well if you can create that and post it on a daily, weekly, monthly basis depending on how cool you are. You know, the cool kids do it once a month, the relatively uh, aggressive ones post stories all the day, all, every day, etc., etc. Then why not do it? And at this point, it's become so like innate as a uh, for at least uh, in my social group and what I've seen as somebody who's actively given propaganda through social media as a marketer, et cetera, et cetera, is that uh, in, it's become sort of a new way of self-medicating by convincing yourself of your own shit. Like we used to just lie on social media so that uh, – we don't feel awkward about not doing as well because everybody else is also lying on social media. But we've gotten to a point in which we're believing our own lies that we're posting on social media, which is helping us feel, quote unquote, less alienated because it no longer even matters as much what you're doing in real life. It started mattering more what you look like you're living in real life on social media, if you get my drift. So people that have practiced enough and created a mechanism that is uh, the most sort of uh, automated and productive when it comes to lying about uh, what the fuck uh, is happening in their life are to an extent living more online than they're living in the real world. You know, like that episode of South Park where the boys stop dating each other. Yes, I'm quoting South Park. Shoot me in the fucking dick. Uh, <laughs> I'm cringe. I know. Uh, where the boys stop dating girls based on what they look like in real life, but they only date them based on how they look like on Instagram and on Facebook. It's it's become quite evidently the the way we we look at each other's kind of even positions in hierarchy. It's not that much of like we go out and I see you and. Like you like can't talk to a single girl and you can't even drink half a fucking beer. But on Instagram, you look like you're getting laid every fucking day. But because it's so ingrained in my brain that you're this Instagram superstar, that's how I have to treat you in front of others. So in a way, TLDR, we started self-medicating through social media and then also self-medicating with medication. We're self-medicating at every instance in which we can. You know, Mark said religion is the opiate of the masses. To quote Zizek, at this point, opiates are the opiates of the masses. I think this is a nice way to, or a nice point to segue into more hard spectacles. These ones I think we can talk about in a bit of shorter fashion because most of these we've kind of covered in one way or another in earlier episodes, but it's good to 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 um, cover them uh, in a different kind of from a different angle. Um, the hard spectacles are ones that, as we said, have some reality within the political uh, environment that you exist in. 
for example, to, to, to start off with something simple, the idea that immigrants, ooh, they're here to take from you. Again, they're here to, you know, f- fuck your wife or your, your femboy um, that you keep in the fucking basement. I don't know what you guys do with your free time. Um, <laughs> but yeah, exactly. Th- that immigrants are coming here to, to, to uh, take your jobs. They're here to uh, molest your women. They're here to take opportunities away from you, hardworking white man. Um, when in reality, of course, the uh, interests that you have and that uh, immigrants uh are pretty much one and the same so long as you're both of the same class um by the way uh, interesting point when somebody comes from guatemala and uh, you know they walk barefoot across the crossing borders with just a plastic bag with some clothing in it they're considered an a filthy immigrant and oh do not come do not come to the fucking borders i'm gonna i'm gonna come <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> stupid but yeah uh, th- that's what they expect them but when it's uh, for example let's say a rich guatemalan who has a direct stake in national industries and uh, has uh, you know money to throw around and flies his private jet to new york and whatnot this person is let in through every single door no racial slurs are thrown at them no uh, uh idea or characterization as them being some filthy illegal immigrant no 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 this is an esteemed guest dare i say could possibly be an expat from guatemala <laughs> to the united states right um and again, this distinction happens because the class interests are different. The bourgeoisie know who it, they know what game is being played, and they know which side they need to play in order to remain in, in with their power and privilege. Meanwhile, the working class have uh, this you know foggy, obfuscated view that doesn't allow them to see you know what's that American saying the the, the fog from the trees, the trees from the fog, the grass from the, <laughs> the trees, the forest for the know. trees. Yeah. The forest for the trees, which what? makes no fucking sense <laughs> because the forests are made of trees. What is the forest trees. without trees, mate? <laughs> right? What's I actually no? Explain this. This is bullshit. Explain this. I've thought about it. <laughs> forests I'm... are f- fundamentally made out of trees. <laughs> I have the I have the power of the internet in all of my devices. I could just look this up, but I've thought about it instead. And what I've come up with. <laughs> so when someone misses the forest for the trees, I think what they're saying is that you're focusing too much on the details to see the big picture. I believe. Uh-huh. I think that's what that I means. See. Uh, listeners, roast roast us if we're wrong. That is actually yeah. quite intelligent. All right. It is, but then it's not useful for my purposes. But whatever, I think the, the foggy point <laughs> lands regardless, okay? Yeah. it's it, The working class is in Silent Hill, all right? The bourgeoisie is in Far Cry. That's <laughs> no, 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 it's actually, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a quote against monogamy because by concentrating on the trees, on the individual people you can date, you miss the whole forest you can fuck. Okay, Kathy. Surely that's it, no. yes. That must be the definition. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fuck. But anyways, so that's the the, the general point of, of immigration. It's just uh, we've discussed this extensively before. But another one that's similar, and I think uh, we can kind of all give our sides on this, um, is on this other uh, side of the coin. Women, ooh, the women are here to take from you. Uh, Women. Sally's didn't... Sally didn't want to fucking go to your 14-year-old middle school dance or whatever. So now <laughs> so now the whole world is against you. Uh, and, and women have created a, a matriarchy in which you're a completely oppressed uh, white man. Uh, they're going to come and take away your fucking Blue Yeti microphone and your... What's the <laughs> what's the gaming keyboard with the with the micro-switch uh, keys or whatever the fuck? The clickety-clacky uh, ones. Your Razer gaming um, keyboard. They're going to take... Yeah, you're raising, they're going to take away your Razer gaming keyboard. They're going to take away your piss bottle for those long league sessions. Right? That's, that's what they're going to do. Fucking hell. Jesus Christ. Gamers are disgusting. Fucking hell. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I say this as somebody who used to play video games extensively when I was in high school. The modern image of a fucking, you know, uh, whatever. I'm not, gonna, I'm not getting into it. Everybody has their fun. You can have your fun. But uh, at one point, okay, please have a shower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways, showers um, are female I'm, I'm propaganda. 
Exactly right, yes. Uh, oh god, this reminds me of this fucking... I don't know if it's real or not, but I remember I saw this picture once. A friend of mine sent it to me, and it was some, I don't know, anime convention or something in the United States, and there was a picture on the bathrooms, and it's like an anime figure or a, like a drawing, and the text says, oh, showers are sa- uh, showers are sexy, take one today. <laughs> I'm like, oh no, <laughs> oh no, fuck. Uh, I don't believe people like that exist. Um, but anyways, oh, they do. Um, I worked with a couple of them at Best Buy. Oh boy, a fucking greasy hair and shit. Jesus Christ! It's like that picture um, of a guy uh, holding uh, up the sun, and it's like shining at demons, and the demons are terrified. <laughs> and uh, and kind of the quote of the post is: When you walk into a board game convention and you show them soap. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh, fuck. These are all jokes. People don't take this too seriously. Anyway, um, I don't fucking yeah, shower, idea... so don't worry. <laughs> but I don't because I smell so good. Yeah. It's to attract all the females, mm. which is only one female that's that like, I love. That's pheromones. listening to this. I I love you. Yeah. You're the only one. Please do not do not break my PlayStation. Kick Please. him to the curb. <laughs> go queen anyways um we were saying the idea that of course women are coming free and it's the same thing um there's some idea that oh affirmative action is kicking hard-working white men um but yeah uh they're coming to push you out of your your spot hard-working white man because some black woman's gonna take that instead um it's again the same idea uh it enters into the political discourse in an insidious way by doing this stupid battle of the sexist shit that you sometimes see. Um, even amongst liberals, by the way, they try to be well-meaning, but they usually do the other shit. They go the other side where they're like, oh, women are absolutely perfect and can do no wrong, and every man is a fucking patriarchal murderous pig, blah, blah, And they, yeah, again, they, they fuel this this stupid, this battle of the sexist shit when you realize, uh, again, this is a distraction supposed to keep you away from. The truth, that is, the vast majority of men and women are working class people. They both have similar interests. In fact, the exact same interests um, as they have the same class background to try to uh, bullshit and be like, oh, no, women are X, Y, Z and men men are X, Y, Z is nothing more than, again, a distraction from the fundamental class contradiction that exists in society. Exactly. But it's very important to note. I mean, you you noted it as well, just to make sure the point is uh, memorized. That the, the spectacle exists, which is being sprung towards working class, uh, majority men, et cetera, et cetera, that women and immigrants are coming to take your job. There is the other side of the spectacle, which is not com- coming from the conservatives, but from the liberals, which is telling you that the system is going to be a bit more just and a bit more okay, and that it, in the long run, is going to actually become good by having more black capitalists, by having more female CEOs, by having female a 51% uh, female female uh, police force by, uh, I don't know, the fucking guy with the whip. Uh, the whip is attached to, to uh, the electric wheelchair and it's like flapping the whip, you know, like imagine uh, <laughs> imagine the sl- uh, slave owner, what his name? Steve Jobs, not the other Steve, that the actually smart Steve that actually said some cool shit. What was his name? The guy with the black holes. Oh, Stephen Hawking. Stephen yeah. Hawking, yeah, there Stephen we go. Hawking. Stephen Hawking. Just like yeah. if, if <laughs> Stephen Hawking's like driving the machine, it's like... You will be slapped, and you know it's uh, and it's okay. It's you know the world is becoming a better place. But uh, so I just yeah. wanted to mention that, that that spectacle, cringe. that spectacle also exists, which is also very often directed at uh, at minorities, at people with disabilities, et cetera, et cetera, to make you think that you shouldn't necessarily feel bad if you get to be the top one, and it pushes you towards kind of more, be more accepting of becoming a class trader. 
which you guys actually could be the greatest leaders of revolutionary movements because you get the most of the boot. That's why at this point they're trying to recruit you a lot more than they're trying to recruit some other groups because obviously they see you as the biggest threat. And uh, I know it's none of my business to be telling you this, but I'll still do it because that's uh, my demographic and we do that all the fucking time. <laughs> Just keep, try, to, try to remember that uh, at all times because they will be coming in with better and better offers because they know that uh, blue-eyed motherfuckers ruling shit uh, is just literally bad PR. And marketing people like myself will repeat that to them all the fucking time. But uh, the, the CEO might, uh, might be brown, but the stock owners are definitely not. Uh, the only people who are brown and black are the underpaid workers in the third world that produce all the things yeah. um, that are being sold by this LGBT-friendly uh, POC welcome. Oh, you know, it's that, I, I remember I saw this picture. Um, it's some business in the United States. It's like, I think, uh, a cafe or something. And it was like, we welcome everybody, LGBT, uh, POC, like, and they have all, you know, all the buzzwords, right? And then underneath it, that's, it says, bathrooms may only be used by customers. By paying customers, <laughs> yeah. By paying customers, yeah, exactly. I just realized <laughs> so that's that um, and I think and a, a segue into this as well is the LGBTQ idea that these people are here also to to ruin your life they're here yeah. to destroy the central foundation of of what a family is and they're gonna come and corrupt little Billy and they're gonna turn him into I don't the know hole you put a, your PP in yeah, is not the right hole yes mm. it's the the gimp wearing you know sadist <laughs> <laughs> Sadom, like that's that's what we're gonna turn little Billy into uh, and again it's the same stupidity alright Right. Um, uh, the political wh- which hole you prefer <laughs> sorry to be crude but which mm. hole you prefer doesn't make uh, or, or d- doesn't really uh, make your, your political positions or reflect your class realities um, there are some people who are of the LGBT community that bring shame upon the LGBT community by being absolute uh, class cucks like Pete Buttigieg or whatever his fucking name is yeah. I'm so glad like the, the train wreck of his was that a presidential campaign I don't remember now but the, train wreck because he's transportation yeah. secretary uh, nice <laughs> <laughs> he's exactly super successful right. like, that, it's, it's not even a train yeah. wreck it's, he's doing so fucking well it's depressing yeah but uh, yeah I, I still remember that interview of him where he's like oh um, do you think people should have right to food and then he's like having such a hard time <laughs> yeah. giving the poli- politician and answer that right? is a Marxist <laughs> basically that is a Marxist it's yeah. insane yeah a tainted seed what I don't know what to tell failure. you that's what, what came a out, despicable right? failure yeah and not because yeah. he's but gay. Also shows. Not because he's gay, but because he's a fuck. No, yeah. no, no. But he, yeah, he would, for example, if yeah, he was listening to this, he could spin it that way. Definitely. Yeah. Easy. Yeah, well, yeah. it's just Easy. he wants to be, yeah. he's dollar store Obama, and that's all there is to him. He's just like yeah. a, a cheap knockoff, and he's trying to cash in on, on what he, you know, I'm not, I hate him mm. so much. But the novelty <laughs> is worn off. Yeah. yeah, exactly. The novelty of having either, oh, the first ex president like the first yeah. black president the first gay president the first woman president the novelty of having the first you know uh, insert social category here uh kind of or and that's a spectacle because well. they realize hey we can have a, yeah exactly right we can have a black president but he's still gonna drone strike just as much and go yeah. to as many wars and defund uh public um uh Initiatives. Uh, fuck, what's the word? What we need is them you. having better mothers. Imagine if Putin <laughs> had a better mother. 
Okay. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Oh, I would have I would have breastfed you until you're three years old, Putin. If you if, if I were your mother or whatever, right? I would have fucking made sure that you your foreskin was I, I clean. I love the, the closeted, fuck closeted homophobes. <laughs> that uh, I mean, in my opinion, uh, it's kind of fucking homophobic to say Putin is fucked up because he's actually gay, but he's hiding it. That is why he's doing this shit. I have so read stupid, things so like stupid. this. Like, oh my fucking god. The liberals yeah. have a way of showing their whole ass on this one because they'll, yeah. you know, they're the ones who will post yeah. the pictures of of Xi and uh, and Putin kissing yeah. or whatever. And it's like, haha, got him. It's like well, you guys are supposed to be, yeah. you know, they're supposedly the moral high ground ones. What's going on here, huh? <clears throat> uh, uh, sorry, JT, could you remind the uh, scratch something and something else bleeds? Uh, what was that again? <laughs> I don't know. Never heard it. <laughs> <laughs> something something liberal, something something fascist. You scratch something. I don't know. Do you sniff it also? I don't know. Anyways, uh, <laughs> it'll, it'll, uh, it's the same rotten scent that comes off of them yeah. liberals are a disease anyways um so of course yeah by the way that's the which we'll do i think an episode also on on mask off liberalism how mm. liberalism always does tend to go mask off and show the the uh, very unpleasant underbelly when the of spectacle what disappears uh, what we're yeah. talking about now when that disappears that's when they go full mask off very mainstream analysis but uh still worth mentioning why they went as mask off when Trump was president, because then the spectacle of the presidency being cultured and polite and well-mannered was no longer there. Therefore, they actually started being ashamed of their own government and their own state. But now when again they have, okay, yeah, what the fuck do they have? A guy that says he likes to touch little girls' hairs on the legs. But yeah, still kind of a guy that says that, that keeps up the spectacle. They're, uh, they're back to brunch, as cliche as it sounds. Well, yeah. By the way, yeah, sorry, on, on the mask off point, right, you, you really do see it nowadays with the, uh, like, liberals will be like, oh, we love the gays and we love the blacks and, oh, bring the immigrants, but every single Russian person is some, oh, evil yeah. Asiatic horde, oh, they're just like, what's it called, what's that fucking movie with the orcs? Uh, Lord of the Rings? Lord of the Rings. Orcs. <laughs> Lord, yeah, exactly. Guy. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, and uh, every, uh, what's it called? And every Chinese person is a monotonous fucking yeah, robot, unfeeling, yeah. unfucking, right? Uh, and every uh, Southern American person is some backwards fucking hillbilly who fucks his sister and, mm-hmm. and uh, has a, a snaggle tooth, right? It's like these these weird, incredibly reactionary and, and uh, uh, unhelpful ways of viewing the world. It's like they're uh, waiting. It's the like they're in a the little the box and they're waiting and like the box is closed and they're waiting and, they're waiting, and the box is cl- opening up, opening up and it's and when the box opens up the, the the mechanism that opens the box is an excuse to be super bigoted and they just jump out and like, yeah. you know, like they're exactly, just waiting yeah. for like the perfect little moment yeah. like the goblin like which is for racism it's like hey, you cannot pass this uh, this bridge unless you say a slur <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly right yeah, yeah yeah Jesus fucking Christ yeah these people anyways moving on <laughs> another one that I think is is <laughs> does <laughs> some tangent fucking hell um, and Another one that I think is very interesting when we enter into the hard spectacles is uh, the the bootstrap propaganda. Mm. Uh, the idea that everything is possible. Oh, if you just pull yourself. Uh, actually, by the way, just another fucking question. What the fuck is a bootstrap? Why does a boot have a strap? <laughs> like your shoelaces. <laughs> yeah, the laces, bro. Yeah. Why don't you call the boot the, the boot lace? It's I don't not know. a strap. Then in that case, I, <laughs> I guess boot boot lace. Pull yourself up by your boot. And by the way, how does that make sense? If you're to pull, you're just gonna lift your foot up, and then you're gonna 
cause yourself to be right. Like, so the, you can change your center of gravity and you fall. The origin of the expression it was meant to be sarcastic. It's meant to say like, look, this is impossible. But of course, capitalists took it and ran with it. Like, oh yeah, we can do this impossible thing, which I think is just perfect. It's just the perfect irony yeah, that they're trying to sell you this <laughs> thing that is completely impossible. That is very true. Okay, very interesting. Thank you. Um, yeah. Well, exactly right. Yeah. So the 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 bootlace <laughs> analogy, which is, oh, you can do anything you if you just work hard. You know, you can be like the Bezoses and Musk of the world. If you just, I don't know, sell enough fucking little trinkets on Etsy, you're gonna you're gonna have your your Amazon empire where people can't even have a bathroom break. Have you guys seen that shit, by the way, on Amazon where they they ban certain words? Yeah. In in yeah. the yeah, where it's like bathroom union, um, unfair uh, prison. Yeah, yeah <laughs> shit like this. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, literally l- uh, 1984, but like seriously. <laughs> yeah. Right. What the fuck is this? Yeah, fuck me. But yeah, that, um, and that of course distracts you because it's a lie. It's a lie that's sold to you. You can't reach these uh, unimaginable heights. Literally every single, practically every single uh, billionaire that you see nowadays has gotten rich either. But there's there's three ways. Either they did something really fucked up, right? Or they are the uh, relatives or descendants of people who did something really fucked up to the tune of enslaving people, murdering people, forcibly taking over something, uh, either be it land or resources or whatever, which usually involved mass killings and enslavement and whatnot. Or the third uh, chance, which is the least common of which, they got very, very lucky. Um, And the, the, the idea for you is, again, it sells you this idea, the, the, the uh, fantasy. Just like we mentioned before that you could be, oh, some uh, poor little peasant girl in a village, but then you realize actually you're the daughter of a mistress of the fucking king and you're actually a princess. Ooh. Exactly. And then you go and live yourself a, 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 and Danny little royal life with, with I don't know, some fucking um, uh, Habsburg looking motherfucker. <laughs> um, <but> the Habsburg <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah, or Ottoman. <laughs> Same shit. But, but we're, not, we're not a show that's trying to like give you excuses for why uh, you know life is not going well. If you if you're tr- if you're trying to or even sometimes succeeding in uh making your financial position in life better good for fucking you we're not knocking that shit in any way by making fun of the bootstrap thing but what we are knocking is that the, the sometimes it's not that the bootstrap thing is not even pushed that much in my opinion but like by like elons and and bezos's but by dudes that were lucky enough or okay fuck you okay even through just hard work okay let's imagine that fucking thing on its own exists managed to make a buck or two and then they sit down on thank Thanksgiving dinner and they start giving shit to their cousins because they're still working as a car mechanic. They are the problem. So if you here listening made the, uh, the decent thing out of yourself when it comes to material shit, don't go uh, spilling uh, fucking beans. Okay, now we're just inventing American sayings, but uh, <laughs> no. don't go don't go throwing shit. Isn't don't don't cr- yeah, whatever. Don't go don't go uh, trying to tell people that they can do the exact same thing as you because you don't know in what sort of position they are they are in i mean at this point i'm just saying an absolute cliche that your parents should have fucking taught you and that's not to tell people their own fucking business uh but for some reason whenever somebody makes two fucking dollars off of djing in uh fucking nantucket they think they're they're the new (laughs) entrepreneur uh uh, deluxe so just uh you know don't buy into your own shit as much as uh you think other need to 
I was going to say, by the way, uh, the the saying I think you're thinking of is don't cry over spilled beans. Is that it? <laughs> that sounds wrong. <laughs> don't don't do, cry do, over, do you... no use crying over spilled milk. Or, yeah. or spilled milk. <laughs> the, the, one, the one involving beans Wait. is spill the beans, mm-hmm. as in like, give me oh, the details. Oh, which has recently become <laughs> spill the tea among the youths, yeah. uh, which means the same yeah. thing. We, we okay, like to say when enough, somebody's sitting makes... at the table and, and talking about how uh, big shit they are, we tell them uh, two things. Neseri, which is literally don't shit, like stop shitting out of your mouth. And we say, <laughs> and we tell them, znam te pušku kad si pišto bila, which means, ah, dude, I, uh, I know you rifle when you were a pistol. So, like, don't, I know when you were nothing. <laughs> like, I know who you, like, yeah. actually are. But people who make money tend to forget that people who are born with money will never expect accept them as one of them but that's uh that's a different story i think one interesting thing to notice is that the the people who are most often selling you the the bootstrap propaganda are not the the massively wealthy billionaires at the very top it's not jeff bezos it's not elon musk it's not uh mark zuckerberg any of those guys they keep their mouths shut they're smart they know what they're doing they've got their money they don't need to do that they have uh entire propaganda networks like the media that will do it for them it's tucker carlson really it's the middle the middle men of uh the bourgeois class that yeah, you know, who don't even believe what they're saying, exactly. saying in the first place, by the way. Right. They're, they're more or less actors themselves designed to toe the party line and and sell you a a myth that one day you can be like the people who are paying them to say these things to you. Mm. Exactly right. Exactly. And of course, by the way, none of us are trying to say uh, that you can't work hard to reach a certain living standard. But if you work hard uh, and through this, you know, I like uh, the, this idea, the mythology of bootstrapping, um, you can get to a very comfortable living standard. But we're not talking about, you know, making $120,000 a year and having the house and the car and, you know, uh, the, and, and being comfortable with your family. We're talking about these people who pretend that you can pull yourself up by your bootstraps and then be worth fucking $60 billion. That's yeah. what we're talking exactly. about. Anyway, sorry, you were going to say something. No, no, not perfectly said. Like, just scale. People tend to forget about scale and they end up, like, even. Even hardcore communists start being more pissed off at the dude because he's got two fucking Ford uh, Escalades uh, off of fucking DJing than than, uh, class enemies which are of much higher stature and power. But to the opposite of that, uh, kind of to move towards the next point, is this sort of doomer propaganda, which uh, is uh, telling you quite the opposite of the bootstrap propaganda, that uh, literally nothing is possible. Uh, Everything is against you. Uh, Capitalism is established, and therefore you have to starve, if you're looking at it from a Marxist perspective or from any other perspective. You're from this group. That's why nothing is possible for you or... Uh, even trying the in the least makes you a part of the problem. And this sort of literal liberal moralism ends up hurting so many people and then moving them into kind of the soft spectacle that we talked about of like medicating and stuff like that for no reason that uh, ends up being this sort of uh, snake that eats its own ass that I mention every single episode of, uh, <laughs> of you know, uh, kind of... Uh, a tendency which, in my opinion, ends up uh, 
is more present among progressive circles, but ends up being almost as toxic as uh, bootstrap shit is uh, among incels and neocons. Actually, those two things are the same. Yeah, I see the doomer mindset a lot on kind of like burned out DSA types um, who you yeah. know are all gung ho about making change through electoral politics, and then they got uh, they saw how that doesn't work. And instead of, you know, becoming more radical and, and do, putting in the legwork and stuff, they just said, well, I guess we're screwed. And that's that. It's it's very disappointing. <laughs> Have you guys seen that picture? It's a, it's a drawing. And it's of Peter Griffin. And he's in a hospital bed. And he has, like, an oxygen tube on. <laughs> and then there's Cloud from, from Final Fantasy. And his, he has his arm on his shoulder. <laughs> the meme is like, oh, I told you you couldn't handle. And then there's some blank. And then it says pussy. <laughs> it's like, I, I told you you couldn't handle they them pussy <laughs> but that's the mean that comes down. but it's like these burned out dsa types they hang around liberals all the fucking time mm-hmm. and of course no wonder they're burned down and then become do- doomers because you're like you are hanging around the personification of a limp dick that's 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 what liberals yeah. are right they are literally it's f- fucking soft and fleshy and incapable of actually producing anything worthwhile um, <laughs> but uh, f- but yeah that's it's the peter griffin is like i told you, you couldn't ha- handle being around liberals um that's that's what i say to these dsa types and <laughs> so then, and then when you're when you're peter griffin and you can't handle either the bootstrap or you're too deep into the doomer thing boys what do they come and tell us Go to war, find purpose. No. I'm doing my part. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right, yeah. Uh, go to war. Um, go at when you're 17, 18 years old. You don't even know who the fuck you are yet. Here, here's a fucking gun. Go to another part of the world where you don't, you couldn't even point out on a map two months ago. Uh, and go shoot those uh, village people that have never done you any wrong and you can't even communicate with, and then go home with crippling uh, anxiety and uh, and uh, PTSD as the uh, like veteran assistance basically denies your uh, <laughs> your your requests for God knows what I don't know what the fuck the. Uh, Look, if you served in and okay, if you served in the American military and you realized that what you did was a mistake and all that, perfect, good. Then uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and as long as you use that to drive positive change in the future. But uh, if if you're an active participant in the American military, uh, you are basically an agent of empire. You are a, a an enforcer of global fascism. That's what you are. There's no positive outcome of you being in this death machine that for, serves no reason other than to increase profits for a very select few a group of people while pushing forward an uh, essentially anti-human foreign policy that is uh, American foreign policy which by the way doesn't even serve the interests of the American people right um, nah man we should invite yeah, again, we that, should that, invite an Ira- uh, uh, US soldier that participated in the invasion of Iraq and who is the spokesperson of NATO to the episode we're <laughs> probably gonna get like Five hundred more patrons. <laughs> I think uh, that's the just just from hearing me yell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, honestly, it's hell. not engaging in the spectacle at all. It's uh, not like no. uh, whitewashing war criminals. Nah, man, that's that's just uh, yeah. Exactly right, but that's that. Yeah, so uh, distract from the actual situation you have at home. Don't think about why you don't have healthcare and housing and and uh, ability for free education. No, no, no. Go and kill random innocent people abroad, and then come home, and then we'll give you a little pat on the back and some fucking uh, bullshit token sum of money that, by the way, half the time they don't even fucking get. Um, I remember 
uh, like I, I don't know if you'd call it like fucking cosmic justice or whatnot, but uh, a bunch of American soldiers went and served in Iraq, served like two, three tours or whatever, came back home, uh, and then when they applied for the university stipend, so the government would pay for their university, uh, they they missed something, they didn't have a document, some bullshit basically, bureaucratic nonsense, and they're like, yeah, well, uh, too bad, You're, we're not gonna pay for your education. So you went abroad, killed people for no reason, and lost three years of your life, only to come home to basically, yeah, be behind uh, all your peers and still have to pay for your own education, and. Ah, um, I've hated enough on the American uh, military. It's fine. I mean, you can never hate enough on the American military, but uh, yeah, <laughs> it takes away, it detracts from the point of this episode. But yeah, that's also part of this uh, spectacle. Again, another form of distraction, but in this one, it plays specifically on the insecurities of young men who feel the need to uh, uh, like affirm their masculinity, yeah. but also uh, have a complete loss of purpose or loss of self. They don't know what they're going to do. They have no drive, so they're pushed into this basically death machine that tries to force them into a quasi-brother which is entirely false because the second the deed is done um, it's just like uh, a gang that's known or the mafia that no longer needs you um, they'll uh, basically uh, not take care of you they won't Shereduk. I don't know what the fucking word is in, in English um Dude, the poverty of English is so ridiculous. Sorry, <laughs> so I'm not gonna go on another tangent. <laughs> but but it's uh, honestly like it's you're so it's, the English is so limited. You can't fucking uh, uh, express it. yourself how you want. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, for the Arabs and the, 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 the who listen, you understand what I mean. Yeah, That's what what the fuck they're gonna do. Um, yeah, they're not gonna take care of you. They're not gonna pay for your shit. You understand what I mean? Yeah. 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 That's it. Okay, I'm gonna shut up now. <laughs> And just kind of as a last but not least hard spectacle that we would cover today, and there's like thousands, obviously, in which we will cover in the future, but it's uh, what we like to call the foreign state is uh, stealing your cereal. And yes, while your local <laughs> elites might be competing with the elites of, uh, of other states over the importance of your choco puffs, uh, by concentrating, in the words of Lenin, and fighting your local bourgeoisie, you do the most to fight the international bourgeoisie. Uh, therefore, while yes, sure, you can see the errors and the horrors committed by states abroad, it is a spectacle, and I don't think it is deniable. It is a spectacle when you're being sold the idea that uh, somewhere over there in the far east or far west, there is a government far worse than yours, and you should be supportive and respectful of your own because look at how hard they have it over there because plot twist my friend those same countries that you're pointing at as oppressing their people more than your loving government are pointing their finger at your own government and saying look at how free we are at least we're not like them so don't be as propagandized as the propagandized people you are thinking you're smarter then. The point here is that Xi Jinping will replace all the milk in your grocery stores into soy milk. So then you're going to have to enjoy <laughs> your, your choco puffs, your vegan choco puffs, mind you, with uh, with soy milk. Anyways, and with all that said, uh, th these, this has been a very preliminary like look, su superficial look into all of this. Um, there are w many more soft and hard spectacles, um, and there are many way, many different perspectives we can approach this from, but this was a preliminary analysis just to kind of get the mind running and hopefully give you a laugh or two. 
Um, with all that being said, uh, we, of course, appreciate everybody who supports us on, pa- on Patreon. Uh, without you guys, the show would not be possible. Uh, so, And we appreciate every single one of you. There are all sorts of perks. You can check it out on, on the Patreon. It's in the description box and any info box around whatever um, uh, podcast pro- uh, platform you're using. But uh, with that said, this has been The Program. I'm Hakim. I'm JT. And I'm Yugopnik. Don't jizz in your car. Ha, 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 ha